Does God condone rape in Deuteronomy chapter 22? Find out today on this edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, I'll take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host uh, for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. Uh, we want to uh, let you know that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of uh, bellatorchristie.com. I hope you'll go to uh, the uh, website over at bellatorchristie.com, and while you're there, subscribe. And by doing so, you'll receive all the articles and links to these very podcasts uh, in your inbox uh, for free. And that's the best part about it. It's all for free. Very few things in life you can say that's free, and uh, but that that's one of them. Uh, so we do hope and, and uh, pray that you'll go and take advantage of that. I also want to announce that... Um, this podcast is available on several different apps, including uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Google Play. And I have some very exciting news to uh, mention to you today, uh, something that I have uh, been wanting to happen for the podcast for quite some time. And, and, and it seems that, uh, at last check, that it's finally gone through. And uh, that is that the Bellator Christie podcast can now be found on iHeartRadio. Uh, so if you go to iHeartRadio, uh, there's several different uh, uh, radio stations on iHeartRadio. If you go under the podcasting link and type in Bellator Christie Podcast, uh, then you should be able to find us. Now, last check that was linked with the old podcast, and I think once uh, we, we get a few podcasts after it's the podcast has been picked up on on iHeartRadio. It should regulate itself out. There may be a few bugs we have to work through, um, but uh, long and short of it, we are on iHeartRadio, and um, hopefully, if there are any any problems you that you uh, have on the app, let me know, and we'll see if we can't get it worked out. But uh, I am I am encouraged by the fact that we are now on five different apps. Uh, so now we can say we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and now on iHeartRadio. So uh, very excited about that. So there's several different opportunities that you have uh, to listen to the podcast. And so I hope that you'll go uh, on these uh, different apps and leave a positive review. And that will help me out quite substantially. Uh, the more positive reviews uh, the podcast gets, uh, the more exposure uh, that the podcast will have. Uh, in, um, in in on the app, and so that again that would help uh, the podcast out, help this ministry out uh, substantially. So I hope you do uh, go take advantage of that and uh, do that uh, if you feel so led. Uh, so today I want to mention we're going to talk about a, a pretty controversial issue. In fact, this was something that I was uh, I stumbled across this. I, I'm working on uh, I'm in the midst of taking a New Testament creeds class. 
uh, and that I'll actually be taking that uh, seminar with Dr. Gary Habermas next week, so there won't be a podcast coming up next week, just so you know. And uh, we're, we're coming upon also uh, the summertime, and usually in the month of July, just so you know, I usually take that month off from uh, from from writing articles, and and I may still have some articles that I write during that time, but I normally take July off from podcasting to kind of recharge my batteries. During the month of July, uh, there's a good chance that you'll hear uh, some of the. Um, old podcasts rebooted uh, especially some from the blog talk radio days and so be listening for that so there should still be some podcasts available uh god willing uh but it'll have the old the old theme where uh it'll have uh it'll, it'll be a uh throwback uh what's, what's what's what i'm looking for kind of back to the future music is played on that uh, uh so it goes back in time back in time to the blog talk radio day so because there are still some good podcasts available on blog talk radio that i haven't gotten over to this this uh to the library that I'm working on, uh, on, on at Bellator Christie. So if you're interested in that, uh, be listening in July. There should be something available in July. But then we'll start a brand new season of Bellator Christie starting up uh, sometime around August, uh, mid-August. So we'll we'll have that going and um, look to get that going. Usually summertime is a pretty busy time and, uh, and usually take that as a uh, – kind of have that as an off-season, uh, at least the month of July and uh, maybe a little bit in August. So just be prepared for that. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, just be aware that uh, the live podcast or the fresh podcast, if you want to call it that, whatever the word is, because these are all pre-recorded. But uh, nonetheless, we'll have some of the throwback um, podcasts from the BTR days, the Blog Talk Radio days, and uh, hopefully get those uh, on. We're actually also working on getting some guests uh, on here very soon, I'm looking at having T.J. Gentry. He wrote a book, Absent from the Body, Present with the Lord. I'm looking forward to setting up that interview, so we should have him on very soon as well. So uh, Gary Yates is writing a new book. Uh, he's written a new book, and so that's going to be published this fall. Hopefully we'll have him on back on the podcast uh, to talk a little bit about his book. So some exciting things coming up. Well, let's get back to the let's get to the topic at hand. We've got a lot to talk about and a short amount of time to do it. I came across uh, this issue on um, it was actually on the Living Waters. Uh, they had a link. They had a video they were showing where uh, they were uh, talking about the uh, they have the street evangelism that they do, and um, during the process of this, uh, they were uh, Ray Comfort is the one who who does this with Living Waters. Uh, Ray Comfort was doing street evangelism in California at uh, one of the beaches there in California. And they had this guy who was an angry atheist who um, was was claiming that God condoned rape. And so um, and, and so he Ray Comfort asks the individual to uh, the angry atheist to look it up. And so the guy steps to the side and he's looking and looking and looking to see where God supposedly condones rape or or uh, even instructs rape, which is ridiculous to to think that that would be in the Bible. Um, but what he does is he comes across a passage of scripture that is that is one that I have often wondered about, but um, haven't really taken the time to really investigate. But the problem is is that that some individuals, some atheists, are looking at this passage of scripture 
and interpreting it in a way that is not, I don't know that it's, it's very fair to the Bible. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 22. And, and to be honest with you, the more I started looking at this, the more questions I had. And I don't know, uh, I think there's a little bit of a uncertainty about this passage of Scripture. But I, but I am proud to say that none of it has to do with, with any condoning of rape, or and certainly not God instructing people to rape other individuals, men to rape women, obviously not. What this does, no matter how you interpret this passage of Scripture, is that it... Uh, uh, what it does is it is it is it places a strong high value on women, and uh, now obviously there's marriage violation. So if if both individuals, if if a man and woman are um, well, for instance, in verse 22 of Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. Okay, so now this is talking about. The, consensual sex between the man and the married woman okay uh, th this is consensual sex while the marriage is in place now this isn't talking about now divorce was permitted remarriage was permitted in the law okay this this is talking about while a person's married that this ha that this happens this is consensual and um, and so th that was strongly, condemned in um, the law of Moses and then he um, th there is uh, you know if, if if a man in verse 23 happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her you must take both of them to the gate of the town and stone them okay the, here again this is consensual okay but uh, but in verse 25 uh, it says but if out in the country a man happens to meet a young woman pledged to be married and rapes her, only the man who has done this shall die. So this man is forcing himself on the woman. Now, it's, very, it's important that we understand the, the Hebrew terms used here. This word is a, is a um, very strong word. It's the word kezak, uh, chezak. Uh, wait a minute, chezak. Chezak is the word which means to overpower Okay, overpower the woman. So the woman did nothing. She was the victim, so the man who raped her would die. So here, understand, and there's no controversy on verse 25. Uh, do nothing to the woman, verse 26. She has committed no sin deserving death. She didn't do anything. She was the victim. Okay, so the man who rapes the woman is to die. That's what it says. Well, the question is, in verse... 28. Now, by the way, this is different than what you find in other texts. Uh, some, 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 some worldviews would have it that even the victim is killed, which is ridiculous. But, uh, but in this case, in the in the law, the one the one who's victimized, she's set free. She did nothing wrong. It's the man who raped her who dies. But the question is, and where this atheist had issues is with verse 28. It says, if a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her, and they are discovered, he shall pay her father fifty shekels of silver, which is a big price, slightly less than the sixty shekels of silver required for uh, for for marriage 
between you know for, you know under normal circumstances but he must marry the young woman for he has violated her he can never divorce her as long as he lives a man is not to marry his father's wife he must not dishonor his father's bed okay so the question mark is um, is this unfair to the woman who was raped that she was violated now she has to live with this man who violated her for the rest of her life does that seem not does that not seem to be unfair well there's a lot to this and in fact there's more to this than than what i um than what I ever imagined when I started investigating this this past week. When I get one of these questions on my mind, I gotta I gotta keep investigating it till I have some sense of closure as to what's going on in this passage of scripture. And quite honestly, every time I've digged dug into one of these controversial passages of scripture, I've I found the Bible's moral ethic to be unlike anything else. And, and even in these situations where there's a little bit of misunderstanding on our part, um, I, th- I think the Bible shows a high moral code. In fact, what this passage of Scripture does is elevates the woman to a higher status than what any other ancient Near East text would. Now, there are some other ancient Near East texts that elevate women. But I think the law of Moses elevates women to a, the highest status possible in that day and time. Okay, so, but there are many questions. There are three main questions we have to ask about this passage of Scripture. Number one, there's the question, uh, there's the question connecting with Exodus 22, verses 16 and 17. Okay, now let me also go back and say something here as well. The Bible, the Bible doesn't actually say rape in the passage of Scripture. There are only, so far as I know, there are only two major translations that add the word rape, and that is the NIV, and I hate to say this, in the CSB, the CSB slash HCSB. They add the term rape. Now, I was looking at some other translations, and uh, it, it, other translations use different terms to translate this text. Let's take a look at uh, the New Living Translation which the New Living Translation, contrary to what you may have heard, this is a translation. This isn't. Uh, this isn't a. Um, this isn't a, 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 a paraphrase. This is a translation. Okay, so let's take a look at uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, let me pull this up. Twenty-two, and that's verse twenty-nine. Okay, this did not want to go through. All right, hold on a second. My computer's running slowly. And I don't know. It's locking up. I'm not sure what's going on here with this thing today. Uh, okay, let's take a look at chapter 22. All right, it's taking its time. Well, I will say the ESV. Uh, in the ESV and the New American Standard, whenever they translate the passage of Scripture, like I said, this thing is running slow as a snail today. Uh, but uh, it, it only uses the word seize. Seize is the woman, is what it says. Uh, the New Living Translation, here we go, is coming. Here we go. It, it says this. if uh, Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, uh, but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. 
and there's a note saying 50 shekels of silver, about 1.25 pounds or 570 grams in weight. Then he must marry the young woman because he has violated her and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. Now notice they don't, don't include, the translators of the New Living Translation do not include the term rape in the passage of Scripture. The, the term is not found in, uh, in, in the King James Version. It's not found in the New King James Version. The New American Standard Version says, If a man finds a girl who is a virgin who is not engaged and seizes her and lies with her and they are discovered... And they are discovered, then the man who lay with her shall give the girl's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall become his wife, because he has violated her. He cannot divorce her all of his days. Now, let's take a look and see what the uh, English Standard Version says. And again, this thing's running slow, so just bear with me for a moment. The ESV is pulling up. We've got a little circle, spinny wheel. It's, it's doing its thing. And maybe... <laughs> maybe it's going to come up. I, it's making up its mind. It's thinking about it, and it's not. So let me try to pull it up on the phone. So uh, not exactly sure what's going on with my Logos. Normally my Logos is very fast, uh, but today it is not wanting to cooperate at all. So let's pull it up a different on a different app, on a different uh, means here. ESV. English Standard Version. Okay, now it pops up here whenever I'm pulling up on the phone. Okay, so this is how the ESV translates it. In verse 28 and 29, If a man meets a virgin who is not betrothed and seizes her, the word there is uh, tafas, uh, or tapas, tafas, I think it's how you say it, tapas, and lies with her, and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give to the father the of the young woman fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife because he has violated her. He may not divorce her at all of his days. So again, the only two translations that add the term rape are the NIV and the CSB slash HCSB. Um, there may be some others that I'm just not aware of that that do that do this, but uh, it, but here again, the term rape is not used. Now the word seized tapos is used. So, is there an error with the NIV CSB in this instance? Um, and, and so, again, like I said, the New Living Translation, which is a translation, it's not a paraphrase, as some people erroneously state. The Living Bible is a paraphrase, but the New Living Translation doesn't add that either. So, what's going on here? Well, it, it's how you interpret the term tephos. Uh, what do you do with the word tephos? So, First of all, let's go back to where we were. There's the question of, of the connection with Exodus chapter 22, verses 16 and 17. Exodus chapter 22, verses 16 and 17 says this, If a man seduces a virgin who is not pledged to be married and sleeps with her, he must pay the bride price and she shall be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he must still pay the bride price for virgins. Okay, which is 50 shekels of silver. Now, it's interesting that in this passage of Scripture, there's a strong parallel between Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29, and Exodus 22, verses 16 and 17. Could it be talking about the same thing? Well, that's the question. So, 
if the man, so the one thing we have to say that according to Exodus 22, 16 and 17, if this is a repeat of that, then most certainly this is not talking about rape. That is talking about consensual, consensual premarital sex between a man and a woman before marriage. Okay. Now we've already seen what happens to an individual who rapes a girl. That person's to die. We see that because there's no question about what happens in verse 25. A man out in the country happens to meet a young woman pledged to be married and rapes her. Only the man who's done this shall die. So if a man rapes a woman, he dies. Well, why not in this passage of Scripture? Well, again, there may be a connection with Exodus 22, and, and the word tephos may not mean rape at all. So that brings us to the second point. There is the question, well, let me go back to the first point and say one more thing. I'm getting ahead of myself. E, going back to Exodus chapter 22, one could say that that would still apply, that if the woman were to be raped, then it's completely up to the father and the woman as to whether or not that marriage takes place, uh, that, that the man would still have to pay attention uh, Exodus 22 most certainly discusses the idea of consensual premarital sex. But what about Deuteronomy 22, 28, and 29? Well, Michael Rydelnik, and uh, I can't think of the guy who, I think is it Van Lanningham? I, I can't think of the guy who wrote with him. I think it's Michael Van Lanningham, but I may be wrong on that. But in the Moody Bible Commentary, they offer some points here to consider. And there's some other commentators who say the same thing. Some people believe... For instance, in, in uh, the uh, NIV uh, Cultural Background Study Bible, they say that, uh, that in this case, a betrothed woman has clearly been subjected to forced rape. Well, I'm not so sure that that is as clear as what the commentator says in, in, the, passage, in, this, uh, in the study notes. Exodus 22, again, is a parallel to Deuteronomy 22. The term in Exodus is uh, patha. And I may be masquerading. I have a hard time pronunciating um, Hebrew words. So if I if I masquerade these words, just be patient with me. But patha or patha uh, is is the term in Exodus, which means to entice or seduce. Patha, if I'm pronouncing it right, p a t h a a a h in English, means to entice or seduce. Deuteronomy 22 uses the word tephos which means to seize. So does this mean to forcibly seize, like uh, uh, like the term used in the previous passage of Scripture in Exodus, uh, Hazak, uh, uh, again, I probably masquerade the, the, that term, <laughs> term, but does it mean that to forcibly grab hold of someone as, as Hazak in the previous paragraph, or does it mean something else? Well, the second point we have to understand is that the term tephas means to seize and is a less empowered word than chazak, which most certainly means to overpower. So the term in, in verse 25 of Deuteronomy 22 means to overpower. There's no question as, as to whether or not that means rape because it does. Chazak, or uh, chazak, I mean, uh, means to forcibly rape someone, and the penalty of forcibly raping someone is death. But here again, the word tephos means to seize. Now, some people would say, well, if he's talking about rape in verse 25, would he not be talking about rape in verse 28? Maybe, maybe not. 
because he's going through a long list of different scenarios because he skips from this whole idea of rape in verse 25 to this issue in verse 28-29. And then in verse 30 says, a man is not to marry his father's wife, which is completely different than than the train of thought of what we had in the, in the previous parts. They're all talking about marriage violations. That's what the whole uh, concept, going back even to verse 13 of, of Deuteronomy 22 through the end of the chapter, is talking about marital violations and sexual sins. Okay, so th- that's the main topic. So if, if you're following a line of thought, they're saying that, that rape in verse 25 absolutely indicates rape in 28-29. I don't think that that really holds because he's, he's jumping around talking about different scenarios, different situations. So the word tephos means to seize. The word chazak uh, in the previous paragraph means overpower. There's no question, again, that verse 25 is talking about rape. But tephos, does that mean to seize someone, to forcibly rape someone, or does it mean something else? Well, Rodelnik and um, I think it's Van Lanningham say, state in the Moody Bible Commentary that they bring up a good point. They say that the term tephos means to seize, and it can hold a metaphorical sense to mean to capture or seize one's heart. So it, it, it could have the inclination, and they use Exodus 14.5, uh, which indicates a form of, of, of seduction. They change their mind about a certain thing, and, and um, but, but the word tephos can hold this metaphorical meaning. So if the word seize means to metaphorically seduce someone, then you're going back to the same scenario, most certainly, that you find in Exodus chapter 22. Deuteronomy itself means second law. It's a restatement of the law, a reorganization of some of the laws together um, in this in this book. So it's re, it's re, re-looking at, uh, or looking again at the law that was given in Exodus and some of the previous books, and it's telling it again. It's linking them together, together grouping together the laws. So it's very possible that Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 28-29, could simply be a repeat of Exodus chapter 22, which is not talking about rape, but is talking about... Um, it's talking about, quite frankly, a seduction. A man who seduces a woman to have sexual relations with them before either one of them are married. And to me, that makes a little more sense because, again, in verse 25, if a man rapes a woman, even though she's engaged or not engaged, it's talking about a woman pledged to be married so that she's not officially, she's not officially, quote-unquote, married yet. He is to pay the price well, he is actually to uh, to be killed, is what the Bible says in that passage of Scripture. But again, I, the, the one thing you can certainly take from this is that God does not condone rape. But uh, Meredith Klein writes in, in Treaty of a Great King on page 111, she says, The seducer of an unbetrothed virgin was obliged to take her as a wife, paying the customary bride price and forfeiting the right of divorce. That means that uh, even with premarital sex, a, a guy who didn't do things the right way seduced a young woman to have sex with him and was going to leave her high and dry, if that was his intention, he was going to be married to this woman forever. And it didn't matter, it mattered if they had a good marriage or bad marriage. He lost the right to divorce her, 
meaning that in other scenarios there was that right to divorce if things didn't work out. But in this scenario, he could not divorce her because he had seduced this woman, seized her heart, or, you know, if that's what the text means. Now, thirdly, there's a third scenario, okay? If you hold to the NIV CSB rendering of, uh, of this passage of Scripture, and you say, okay, well, what if the text does represent rape? Where do we go from there? If the text were to be proven to represent rape, where do we go from there? Does God condone rape? No. The answer is absolutely not. Even if the text does refer to rape, and the woman and father consent. Now remember, Exodus 22 still applies. The woman and father still have the right to say no, but the guy would still have to pay the 50 shekels of silver. Okay, He would still have to pay the 50 shekels of silver, but they had a right to say no, we don't want this guy to marry, uh, the, the, to marry into the family. Okay, But even if they did... The implicit nature of the text seems to suggest that the man loses the rights that he would normally have because he lost the right to divorce. It makes me think also that this guy may be some kind of indentured servant to the family for the rest of his life. It makes me think because um, it's like the whole story of Laban and Jacob. You know, Laban had uh, deceived Jacob. Jacob was wanting to uh, marry, uh, uh, what was it, uh, he was wanting to marry Rebecca, but uh, Laban fooled him and, and he ended up marrying Leah and he had to work seven years to marry Leah. Uh, he was pl- thought the seven years was going to be to win the heart of Rebecca um, and, and he was actually working seven years to win the heart of Le- uh, Leah. Uh, he, he was mistakenly, well not mistakenly, he was deceived into marrying Leah and then he had to work seven more years for the father to uh, to marry the, the, the second woman, which is Rebecca. So it seems to me that in this in this patriarchal society where the father was the head of the household in in more ways than than, than it hold a lot held a lot more authority than what we have now um, it seems like that such the, an individual would have become an indentured servant so it's not like this guy can just marry the woman they go footloose and fancy free and he's abusing her no it seems like even if it were to be the case that uh, the guy raped the woman and the guy was going to be an indentured servant. He was going to have to pay the price, the penalty. He w- he, w- he lost any rights he had of divorce. Most likely, he would lose his rights to, to, to go off and create his own family. It, it appears that he would be like an indentured servant to this, to this family for the rest of his life for this deed that he done. Okay, so... I don't think, even worst case scenario, I don't think that this is in any way, shape, or form a, 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 um, an allowance for rape. If anything, I think that this is a strong, uh, strong statement that the, the law of Moses gives that if, if you take advantage of a woman, you're going to have to man up and you're going to take responsibility. If you rape a person, you're going to die. And if this passage of Scripture is talking about uh, uh, even, which I, I'm, I'm kind of the persuasion that maybe it's not talking about rape. I'll be honest. I've, I've kind of, I'm kind of the more I look at the text, kind of convinced that maybe 
due to the length that we find in Exodus, that maybe he's talking about a seduction of some sort, because notice that it says they are found together, even in the NIV and CSB. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe there's 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 consensual a consensual relationship, there's a seduction of some sort, but whatever the case may be, there is a price that is paid for, for taking advantage of a woman in this ancient society. And folks, we're talking about a patriarch, patriarchal society back several thousand years ago. This is before we had women's lib. This is before we had anything else. The elevation, the, the respect that is given to women in the Bible is far superior to anything that skeptics, most certainly to what skeptics have considered. Women are elevated to a status that is not found in most societies in ancient cultures. And so I think here again, the Bible excels at its moral code because behind all of these laws... When you're looking at the law, you need to remember something else. Behind all these laws is a higher moral code. And the highest moral code we find, the moral code we find in this passage of Scripture, is that men, you are not to take advantage of women. You're not to live your life just just thinking only about sexual relationships. You need to take care of, of uh, you need to take care of of, uh, of the women in your life. And you need to take responsibility for your actions because every single person has value. And that's one of the things I think we can find in Deuteronomy chapter 22 as well as number, uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter 22. So again, the Bible does not condone rape. If anything, it gives a very harsh penalty for those who take advantage of or forcibly hurt other individuals. And that's something to consider. Well, this has been Brian Children. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast now on iHeartRadio. God bless, and we'll see you back the next time as we step into the arena of ideas. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi Podcast and BellatorChristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Ideas.